Frederick Schwartz, co-founder and VP Engineering at Archilogic. So, first of all, it's it's a pleasure to host you on the show. Yeah, thanks thanks for inviting me. Uh, great honor. It's a great series. A uh, lot of lot of good learnings watching your uh, interviews. So, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate your kind words. So, Frederick, can you like walk us through? the journey and early days of our archaeology i was like checking it's like eight and a half years it's, it's almost that time when you started this so how was the brainstorming things at initial days yeah so i mean my, my background is in in architecture so i uh studied architecture at eth zurich and uh we had our own architecture studio with some uh housing projects and, and, and furniture design. And uh, we were a group of people uh, that did a lot of design competitions together and kind of experimenting with uh, new technology. And um, actually it was uh, Thomas Polach, uh, like the, the, the person that had the initial idea to um, bring visualizing and editing architecture to, to the web, right? So. He was experimenting with with early versions of 3GS, right? In a time like 2012, when when WebGL was a experimental feature that you had to switch off on in a browser, and um, yeah, I was presenting as early prototypes, and we thought that that was a great great thing to to explore further. And um, I mean, architects are always proud of the abstraction level of of a floor plan, right? But then. It gets important to to make sure the the counterpart understands uh, what what the space is about, right? So, yeah, we saw huge potential in that, and um, then yeah, a few months later, decided to to uh, create a company out of it, out of it, and um, yeah, so that was kind of how it all started. I see. And like, how long did it took for your first MVP, and what did did it look like at that time? So, I guess the the first MVP, um, yeah, probably there, there was a year of work, right? Because there was a lot, lot of, yeah, research had to go into that. Tooling was a lot less uh, developed than it is today. Web tooling, uh, frameworks, etc. So um, yeah, and fighting uphill battles against old browsers and all that stuff <laughs> that we uh, got to some part rid of. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it was a complex, com complex MVP to start with, right? Interactive three D uh, drawing walls. So the the first version was a simple editor where you could draw walls and and uh, um, put furniture in it. Got it. And like in the last decade itself, like there's so much evolution in the web-based uh, uh, technological development, be in terms of library, web GPU is now coming up, WASM and things like that. So how did you like uh, manage the balance about like developing a tooling for architects as well as like upgrading the tech stack with the current uh, like trends? Yeah, I mean, some some tools. Uh, I mean, we started with with DateQuery, for instance, right? <laughs> like, I guess like many things, and then 
yeah, switch to Vue.js as an example. So yeah, a lot of lot of refactoring, right? Like eight years is a lot a lot of time, and so a lot of refactoring, uh, keeping the stuff that works, uh, um, dumping the. Man, that's also important, right? Uh, not not feature creep, like like get rid of features that that are not required, and um, yeah, so. Um, I guess especially the the whole tooling build chain right on on the front end has has changed so much and improved so much like uh, new tools like like VJS right which allow you to spin up uh, a new like a front end in, in seconds right before it was minutes and had to pre-compile things and so yeah. yeah I think it lets us focus a lot more on on the the problems right that we actually where we can provide value. Um, and my front-end tooling is one part. The other is all the, all, all the, the uh, infrastructure uh, uh, provided through so the big platforms, right? Infrastructure as code, spinning up new like serverless infrastructure uh, with a few lines of code. And, and so I think all these are great developments to, to allow us to yeah, focus on, on where we provide value, right? And, and not uh, debug things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I see. Like, what what has been the most challenging part, like in this whole product development? I think the most challenging part and uh, was probably finding the problem to the solution. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when we we started with a with a three D editor, right? That that uh, was a cool thing, right? But and yeah, but in the end, you need something that's not just a nice to have, but uh, you need to know uh, where you're helping uh, your customers, right? And uh, so the way we have transitioned uh, Archaeologic into from mainly targeted at, at marketing use cases to like a, a infrastructure platform for interior spaces, right? That helps our customers scale their uh applications everybody out there struggles with with digitization with connecting services right with with uh uh keeping data up to date right and that that's that's where we focus on on these three things right and and help our customers uh, uh yeah make their life easier right and focus let them focus on on their part of of, of uh, their offering right where whether that's iot offerings or Furnishing services, right? Yeah, so, and like yeah, I mean, we, we like for instance, to, I remember 2017, right? It was all about VR and AR, right? And everybody was super excited, yeah. and yeah, we also like web AR and and A frame, and we explored all that, right? But then, yeah, like the world moved <laughs> on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's I guess that was not scaling too quickly make sure you survive right and and find the right spots and the right time for for what your offering is and knowing how you you help your customers good yeah and it's pretty cool, pretty difficult to like have get get that customer base traction and also providing value to them and also having some experimentation and innovative features which goes along so like who who are your typical customers now and yeah what are you focusing for to ensure like long term engagement customer sat satisfaction 
So yeah, as I said, we we moved from from um, more marketing uh, cases to to planning and operation cases, right? Where um, yeah, there's also a lot more interaction with it, with that space, right? And for marketing case, you spin it up once every three years, and that's it, right? Uh, which yeah can then be fancy and walk through whatever, but but yeah, it's also business wise for us not the, the most interesting thing, right? And yeah, where where we see the biggest value is is uh, in in uh, case like reserving spaces and resources, right? Example like like room booking, right? Where uh, companies that that provide uh, interface to to a lot of spaces right and they want to make sure that stuff is up to date and and uh, easily connectable and um and then managing connected devices in in a spatial context right another example that that all the iot sensors that want to be placed in in spaces that that match reality right and and uh, stay up to date and and uh, you want to easily connect things and and yeah and then to to planning workspaces. So yeah, that's also a big challenge, right? Like keeping the focus narrow. I mean, there's so much, uh, mm-hmm. so much service and goods that run through interior spaces, right? So that's also something we had to learn to to narrow the focus, focus. not get yeah. lost in, in all all the possibilities out there. Yeah, I think when you were saying, I was just recalling like WeWork used to do this like bi- space as a service and like booking uh, in their offices. Like it reminded me of like there's so much like potential in like providing technology around this like inside the of the building, like interior space booking integration with IoT. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, WeWork. I mean. Yeah, we all know the story, right? How it ended, but uh, yeah, they they did an amazing job in in systemizing uh, interior design, right? In in how they structured it and took it apart, and and so yeah, they they brought a lot of new thinking uh, to uh, how to operate space at scale, right? And and uh, um, yeah, I think the whole industry profited a lot from from that happening, and yeah, they're still around, right? They're they're moving on, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very guys inspired from them, like from their operation or tech stack. If we got uh, inspired by them, yeah. Well, f- for sure. Um, as I said, right, it was really interesting to 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 see how they they approached it, right? Like the level of systemization and and um, on on, while well, then also creating beautiful interior spaces, right? So, I mean whoever has been to a WeWork space, yeah, like they, they can be really beautiful, right? Got it. Uh, I think this might be a good time to show like how Archaeologic works and the interface around around your product. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let me share my screen. Perfect. Yeah, so um, this is the the, the dashboard. Uh, you can uh, uh, order a new new model. Um, 
and uh, uh, kind of like upload PDF or PNG, and uh, we will then convert it to to an uh, interactive 3D model, um, which you can then um, open. There's a there's a preview that lets you allow, like um, inspect space, um, the content, what's in there. So kind of like a summary of, of your space, right? And um, then um, one second. Um, yeah, and so we, we have a we have an editor um, that um, makes it fairly easy to to um, um, keep your spatial data up to date. Um, I can not only move furniture around, I can uh, um, delete. Um, a wall, um, uh, compute a new layout, and um, and when pub publishing um, data is is uh, directly uh, available through through the API. Um, so um, I, here, here is the the model I wanted to show. So um, for instance, um, here's a here's a floor plan that uh, where we build an integration, an exemplary integration uh, using retool, right? So this uses um, one of our, um, the, the, the floor plan engine SDK and uh, pulls data from the API. And um, for instance, if I um, uh, remove this wall here and, and change that to a meeting room, and publish it. Uh, this will be here. Uh, the change will be uh, reflected. And um, it not, not only allows editing, but also um, running some uh, basic simulations. So the, the last two years taught us about uh, distancing, right? So here we built a small plugin that's shows uh, which seats follow, uh, for instance, like a, like a two fistions uh, rule or getting uh, an idea on, on visibility. And yeah, but the key is having a platform that where it's easy to get data in. Uh, you know, it's standardized. We have, um, we share our um, kind of space taxonomy, how we structure space. And, um, and it's very easy to connect it with your uh, services, right? So that's basically uh, the main power of, of our platform. I see. So like uh, th with the space taxonomy, the hierarchy you get, and if the spaces are rightly annotated, you have like this rich uh, data analytics you can build on top of it because it's properly structured data, right? Exactly, you know which assets are in which space, right? You can, uh, we follow 
kind of strict guidelines and making sure certain typologies only add up in certain uh, space types, right? And that then allows our clients to then really build logic that that builds on top of that, right? So if we meeting room, if we say meeting room, it is a meeting room, for instance, right? And um, so um, yeah, that, that is a big value to our clients, right? And then the combination of making that easily editable. So uh, we had uh, clients that that told us it's it's easier for them to make a change in the digital world than than to make it in. Uh, no, opposite to make it in the, in the physical world than to make it in the digital world, right? By a factor of 10 uh, in terms of time uh, cost. And yeah, that's of course the, the thing we are addressing, right? Uh, making it easy to, to update space and um, then uh, apply your, your uh, use case on top of it, right? Got it. And if, if I were to deconstruct how you develop this product and you briefly mentioned about like Vue.js, so it's, it's built on top of 3.js where you're using their like canvas. Like if you, like I'm just trying to understand. So there you showed various features about snapping, moving uh, the objects and things like that. So how can one think about developing this kind of features um, yeah, so uh, I did mention 3GS. We, we started with 3GS. We ended up uh, developing our own 3D engine. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of good good uh, examples out there that that use 3D 3GS. So um, yeah, in the end, it's 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 uh, like a, a WebGL context, right? Where we render the scene. Behind it is a data model. We use a pretty lightweight JSON structure that, that uh, we control with, with JSON schema, right? So uh, we, we know what, uh, that we can trust our, our own data. And um, then around that, we, we build a UI uh, with, with, with Vue.js, exactly. Yeah, so uh, is it like for performance reasons you chose to create your own 3D engine instead of going with standard um, yeah, the level of control we wanted to have on on loading assets and and drawing capabilities, um, and also yeah, having the in-house know-how, right? I guess that's a big factor. Uh, not everybody can can do that, right? And um, yeah, and, and we're pretty prou proud of so runs fairly large models and also non uh, uh, small devices like like mobiles right and yeah that's incredible like i'm just like building that is, itself is a immense task so yeah no i mean that that's part of uh yeah there, there's so many areas right that they, that you can also lose yourself right so uh yeah. keep in keep in focus and and um making sure you add value to the, the path you, you chose. You showed like plugins uh, you have so uh, for, for the analysis. So I was curious, like, do you run like parallel instance of like this simulation when you have the model in your server and do this compute? So the, the plugins here, they, they run in a isolated frame. So it's it's uh, 
uh, front-end uh, implementation. And um, so, um, yeah, here's uh, maybe one uh, thing we can try out. So um, that's, for instance, uh, like a tool where we uh, check design standards. So um, making sure uh, that we can check design rules programmatically, right? I think that's a great example. So uh, whether that's now a rule that makes sense or not, right? Whether a meeting room doesn't must not exceed 40 square meters, that, that's not the point, right? It's about uh, us being able to say, we want to check it, right? We want to check that uh, our clients can trust that meeting rooms or they can create their own schema, right? That's then the next step. So, um, and I guess that that's a great case for for a plugin, right? Where where quite rich logic is is uh, added outside of our uh, core application, and um, yeah, adds then real value because uh, yeah, you want to ensure your own design standards, for instance, right? Got it. So when uh looks like uh, from my intuition it looks like uh when you are clicking on the plugin it it does instant render so it's not triggering while you're selecting when you publish it it does all the simulation uh of the plugins and now you're just visualizing it right you're querying the results you're not like triggering the simulation at runtime here I did, I did. Um, so, so um, I mean, opposed to other tools, we run most computations on, on the front end. So oh, it really so... runs in the browser, right? So um, if I uh, reset this, so um, let me check. Yeah, this, this is really, uh, uh, so let's see if that, for instance, is kind of like a movement. So it's, it's really computing now in, in the front end. Uh, this is kind of like a movement analysis, right? Uh, simulating agents that that move from from entry points to desks and so on, showing you which are yeah kind of the hot areas, right, where you might not want to sit, for instance, uh, the noisier ones. Um, yeah. So. Um, and the reason we you did that because uh, to save like some cost of querying from server. Uh, like, what's the reason you like uh, chose to do this computation on front end versus on the server? Like, is it uh, cost efficient? Well, yeah, I think it. Um, um, if, if you can manage the computation small enough or make it efficient enough to to be able to run it on the server, like it reduces complexity a lot, right? So I think that that is a big part. Um, I mean, rendering big office space at 60 frames per second in a browser is already a big task, right? And and then computing a few nodes running around in the space uh, comparably might be not too much, right? So I think we are we are confident about but using performance on uh, or computing capabilities of, of of devices where application runs. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there is stuff that we, we compute in, 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 on the backend just for, for, uh, um, things that we, uh, certain relations we expose with the, the, the API for instance. Right. So, um, 
Um, but yeah, it, it is a it is front end heavy application, right? That um, yeah. So I see. And uh, a user can save this. So what if like I'm doing this project collaboration, and I can do the simulation. Uh, my friend on the other side can do the simulation. Uh, if we save it, like my friend doesn't need to redo the same simulation or like. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you're hinting at a good use case for running your own server, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, those simulations, as you see them here, they're also more like a like a showcase, right? What, what is possible. So they're not yet part of of flows that, that, that yeah, yeah. clients use day to day, right? Um, they're more like a like a showcase of what's possible with uh, with uh, um, using JavaScript or TypeScript, right? Uh, computing uh, complex um, things, uh, right? With, with our data structure, that that's the main use case. And and yes, I mean, you for sure could run it on the on the back end, right? So turning this into a real product, right? Yeah. Probably would make sense to to um, uh, provide a compute platform then, right? And and uh, allow to save certain uh, results, right? So you don't need to recompute them all the time. Definitely. Yeah, but like that's also our our thing, right? Where we try to keep keep the tech overhead low. Um. um yeah. As I said, like along with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right, yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. Um, Say hi uh, to your kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now just just invading the the room. Um, yeah, where was I? Simulations, right? So um, we are uh, we try to run the same code basically. That we can run on the front end, that we can also run on the, on the back end, right? So that's it's a big, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. one of the big advantages of our setup. So, I mean, if you if you if your entire tooling is set up on on C sharp, right? Then yeah, there's not much uh, way to to run things on the front end, right? Um, so yeah, I guess. Front end just it's very easy to experiment things right and try things out and and then um, yeah if it's about data sharing then of course you need to involve uh, yeah end. makes sense and I saw like when you were changing the room layout like there was like um, parametrically it changed the furniture yeah. so that that was a backend computation so yeah, yeah. so that, that's a that's a real service not only showcased. So um, yeah, that's that's running on the back end exactly. Yeah, so uh, I was thinking like if uh, so, is that based on like uh, a logic you guys develop on like based on the room dimensions and computing what's the efficient layout? And I was just thinking like with all these projects you have, can there be like a AI service where this uh, you can recommend clients? What's the most efficient office room you could do, like based on all this previous project's data? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely exploring 
ideas how we can leverage uh, the sum of data we have. Uh, on the other hand, we also really try to protect uh, the data of our clients, right? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, on, on, as an example, right, we, we explored a lot of ways in, in how to automate digitization, um, floor plan recognition using image segmentation and um, so developed uh, quite advanced tooling. But also when, with all these automations, it's always, if you aim for full automation, you will face also acceptance uh, issues, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we switched more to approaches where then having, um, we only, you use um, machine learning only to, to partially augment like a workflow, right? And um, um, yeah, so to, to back to your question, this this particular uh, furnishing algorithm that's, that's rule-based, so mm -hmm. um, yeah. Got it. Uh, you were showing like, uh, I, I saw there's like a 2D viewer and 3D viewer and I, I cut you off at that point, so. Like you were like demonstrating like a 3D viewer where you could also see, yeah. Well, yeah, that was when when you were asking on 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 kind of like the um, um, what, what engine we use, right? And um, exactly. So I mean, allows you also to to interact with with things, right? So. Uh, uh, if I want to move this here, for instance, or interact with uh, uh, like a like a, a window, for instance, or door. Um, so, yeah, but we also, I mean, that was also learning, right? That that uh, I mean, while three D is often, yeah, it, it's. People are amazed by it, right? And and it's 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 stunning to look at it and fly through. Often also helps to to simplify, uh, uh, or two D is a good way to simplify uh, most of of the processes, right? Where um, yeah, whether it's about drawing or quickly changing a layout, right? Um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of new AC Tech products like Canova, Rion, like uh, building on like two D space manipulation like interface so like a lot of design decisions happen there it's like yeah yeah exactly so yeah we basically for for clients like 2ds is the main interface at the moment right where uh um yeah you also get the the easy readability of, of a floor plan right and and uh, yeah. So, uh, Frederick, uh, I was wondering, like, if you have like this building, uh, like furniture data, one can also compute like uh, CO two, like footprint, carbon footprint of the space, and things like that. If the data is properly connected to, is this the final furniture model you're gonna? integrate so uh, did you like uh, also had the challenge of oh, what are the furniture libraries we should include in this uh, visualizer and doing the right compute and things change based on each location and thing 
So yeah, mostly when we we have a certain base uh, library and then it's on on client demands, right? If they they require certain things because they want to sell it or or rent it or use it, just uh, that's what they use, right? Then we, we add it. And yeah, you you mentioned uh, um, yeah metadata or CO two uh, calculations, right? I guess we also trying to make a define what's the data we control, right? Where where are we really opinionated about? And then what's what's the data where, where clients can also augment uh, our data uh, with whether that's that's their own uh, um, metadata or booking status or or um, yeah certain certain uh, data from 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 manufacturer, right? Um, and which is then required for for their application, right? So, got it. Uh, I'm curious to know, like, what were some uh, assumptions you had to make while developing this viewer and engine? So, for example, what I mean by that is uh, rendering uh, furniture in base material versus photorealistic material, and that difference in assumption can save a lot of compute time. Like, what were some things you had to make uh, decisions? Yeah, I think um, so. Interestingly, yeah, we just just uh, developed a new uh, kind of reduced abstractive style, right? Because, as I mentioned initially, with moving away from from marketing, right? Then then materiality offer for of a furniture or the the precise rendering of a furniture piece might be not so important, depending on the use case. Um, yeah, for it's like, I, mean, I guess performance-wise, um, there's not too big of a difference. Um, I think it's more about but having a consistent style and 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 uh, where some clients appreciate if, if furniture is not the at the center, right? Or you have, or particularly don't want special items, uh, branded branded items. And um, yeah, but of course, yeah, assumption was that initially that, that we need a big library and it, throughout our history, we also had excurs in, 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 in B2C, right? Where then, yeah, you would need to have a massive library of, of to, to cater to, to individuals, right? To uh, furnish their living rooms mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that that challenge is a lot more controllable, and in, 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 uh, uh, we're mostly dealing with with office space at the moment. Got it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned previously about like IoT integration. So, can you like uh, share like or walk us through the product uh, product life cycle? Where when would that integration? How would that happen? So. Um, can make a look at, um, that, that's a simple, simple, uh, explanation or a simple example of the SD, SDK. Um, I think the whole, uh, IOT case, it's about where you have sensors, right? That, that uh, in a certain location, 
whether they are tracking um, air quality or, or occupancy. Um, it's about knowing where they are and then connecting them to the location or the, the, the entity that it's uh, describing, right? Or adding information to. And that's the part that we make easy, right? So we provide the, the spatial data. Everything has its own um, um, UUID. And um, whether that's done, um, we don't provide data like, like IoT sensors ourselves, right? We, we just help a use case where companies um, have their sensor platform and they, um, yeah, as said, whether that's air quality or, or occupancy, then it's about making it easy to um, connect it and visualize uh, those those results right and this is yeah. this is an example with with just a few lines of code right of course this is now like made up measurements right so it's just cycling through, through some some values but um yeah that could come up from 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 real sensors right i i just like want to appreciate this is amazing like uh because uh i was like uh, looking into how like other uh i uh, web-based um, products people are developing for space like Hyperion by Autodesk is one and literally this whole code structure is like so uh, straightforward to set up and I was wondering like so when you you have basic floor plan visualization uh, coming up from uh, your SDK and now we are let's say I want to visualize a heat map of how people are using from the occupancy sensor yeah so you overlay on the canvas or like yeah that that's good point so we're about to release a new version of the the uh floor plan engine sdk which will be able to where you can draw your own shapes and uh next step then also um draw image data like like heat maps right and but a big part of of heat maps is um yeah getting their data in the right format right so okay. uh, yeah and there's also work to be done to simplify that. But yeah, our, as you mentioned, like our entire focus is it, not only on the uh, UI interface side to make things simple, but also on the development side, right? Where, where um, yeah, low entry barrier, right? You don't need to be uh, knowledgeable in, in, in BIM software, right? Or, or uh, experience in, Grasshopper or anything, right? Um, it's more or less standard web development, similar to as you would build like a like a map box integration, right? Um, I'm gonna test this today. <laughs> yeah, uh, please do and, and share share your feedback. So um, yeah, there's there's uh, quite some demos here, right? If it's about highlighting things, adding markers, and so on, right? Um, yeah, uh, and you mentioned like your version two has much more integration and I'm trying to understand like how would you engineer that? So one way I could like very basic level could foresees like floor, floor, uh, floor, floor has a texture and then there is a property of like swap, swapping texture and the new texture is coming from the heat map from the IoT sensor so yeah so I mean, there is 
but there's always a question like well, where's the the barrier or the yeah, what you can do versus uh i mean what you're now describing is pretty advanced right so uh basically baking something computed into a texture um yeah that that's not something we we provide uh uh, uh at the moment um we're and one thing we, we're really focusing and make it simple to to augment data with your own uh for instance like there's this is custom fields api right that allows you to to from your own application push uh custom data uh uh whether that's then um floor space or an asset right and then use that in your integration right um so whether that's actually just an ID to link to to the sensor, right, or that's actually um, like a booking status from from your interface, right, that you can use then for for rendering. So that that's more of the the current focus, right? Um, less on 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 uh, yeah materiality and 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 uh, these kind of things. Good. Do you think like? Uh... The next uh, iteration of BIM or the future of BIM is like this space knowledge graph where things know and entities have a relationship. Uh, because I, I was uh, looking at topologic and uh, Professor Vashim, uh, Vashim said like, okay, if the entities or rooms know its relation, you can then query what's the fire exit and they can like do the compute. So uh, what, are you imagining like same spatial query approach? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we're seeing on the one hand, we're seeing a lot of great work, like like from 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 things like projects like IFCJS, right? That where they make existing BIM data approachable. I think that that's great to see. When whoever has worked with IFC files, uh, it's a nightmare, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, and uh, making that part easy, I, I think that that's that's so important work, right? In in in, in making the data we have today accessible. Um, and yes, I mean, we also work towards uh, um, utilizing a lot more relational data, and that then yes enables queryability at a whole new level, right? And um, so. I do think that that's something where things are moving definitely, right? We, we see different uh, uh, proposals or actually implementations of that already. And yeah, in the end, it's all about, um, yeah, making making that, that complex data useful, right? Yeah. <laughs> and let us answer like simple or complex questions, right? That, that uh, and not, not hide it in some, some hard to crack BIM database. Got it. And like, uh, how does archeologic look like in 2025? How does archeologic look like in 2025? Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, we were always like a company that that's slowly growing. So I don't expect that to change that much. And also the, the whole world is now under different, uh, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, things have changed quite a bit. But yeah, I think that that, that platform part in our offering, right? 
will be the key thing and and what you were hinting at in in queryability relational data i think that will be the the core focus of of uh, of our offering and which would then also allow more freedom on on the front end side and in sharing the the data model itself etc right and um yeah really getting to the the Yeah, allowing to to run complex systems and and uh, answer difficult questions. Yeah. yeah. So if I get it right, you have like one like built-in editor where people can design the space, edit the space, but also you have this uh, developer-focused uh, SDK engine where I'm guessing like they can build products on top of your engine. Uh, so. These are like uh, for people who are like watching this video and who are into technology and architecture. Uh, what are the possibilities uh, or products or use cases they can think of using uh, Archaeologics? I mean, for one, I think what we really tried is like dog fooding our own stuff, right? Like building our services on top of our own APIs and using our own SDKs uh, also internally, right? That That's a big important thing. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I described the, the the top use cases uh, that we're we're targeting at the moment: um, uh, reserving spaces and goods and managing uh, devices in a spatial context. Right. So that's on the integration side. That's the where what you can do and what you what we provide. There's a very big overlap, right? And uh, where we'll make your life a lot easier. And um, yeah, and then there's there's um, and that's on the development side, right, uh, or full integration side. We've also customers that uh, explore uh, spatial analytics insights, right? Uh, as they show, like with this plugin, in in making uh, qualifying space, right? So uh, if you can trust the the, the data model. Uh, you can also make uh, statements on on uh, yourself, right? With applying your own, um, depending on on where you come from, right? When uh, it always acquires outside data, right? Whether that's that's uh, how companies perform or 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 energy usage, right? And uh, combine that yourself. So um, that that's definitely a very important, uh, interesting uh, angle, right? That we want to enable. More like an API uh, use case, and then yeah, front end is then planning right where where uh, that's not that's something available through API. Hmm. Has any clients like requested you like for hosting service? We wanna have this our own web based viewer with their domain once they develop the space. Sorry, the, the question was like, uh, has any client requested like hosting? Uh, service or like package where like, like can... white labeling you mean or like just taking the 3d model they have and yeah. integrate in their website or domain um not entirely sure if i understand the question but but yes a lot of clients like integrate parts of our offerings into their applications whether it then runs on yeah their domain or others so yeah, that's what I was saying. Because like um, I, I was when I trying to compare with uh, Eightwall and what other products out there. So they have this cloud editor, 
And once you develop an AR app, they provide, okay, if you want to host the AR app, you can in integrate with your domain name or you can use our domain hosting service. So, because th that's the reason I was thinking you have this cl uh, cloud editor and they will, okay, just give me a URL which I can share with all in public with that hosting service. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we have clients can can create public URLs um, more than on, on a viewer viewing basis. So um, we're also working on um, allowing our clients to enable editing for their clients, right? Which will uh, uh, simplify a lot of workflows and um, which then is about, um, yeah, the whole authentication management, right? Allowing them to to uh, authenticate with their users against our editor and stuff like that. Got it. I'm gonna like wrap up the interview with a rapid fire and yeah, few uh, open-ended questions. So you'll have ten seconds, and you gotta make it very brief. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> uh, which cities are you are on your travel bucket list? Which cities are my travel book list? I want to go to Lisbon at some point, uh, but yeah, not sure when I make it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any business or technical book which made a big impact in in your life? Um, yeah, like Traction, a business book. Uh, we we uh, yeah embrace a lot. Yeah, um, your role model or mentor. Role model and mentor. Um, I think I was very impressed. I mean, I had an architecture background and, and uh, I worked and, uh, uh, for, for Shigeru Ban uh, at some point, uh, which, yeah, was really left a mark on me and not like being a star architect, but also catching to, to disaster relief. So I think that was, uh, yeah, impressive time to, to be part of that studio. Yeah. Uh, your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie, really, really like Intergalactic. <laughs> Got it. Uh, my next segment is you need to say like bullish or bearish uh, for terms. So, uh, blockchain in AEC, <laughs> metaverse in AEC. Well, <laughs> A AI in AEC. Well, that's definitely useful. Uh, generative design in AC. Sorry, I didn't get it. Generative design. Yeah, that's definitely a use case for that. Uh, NFT uh, in AC. Also don't see it. <laughs> I see. And what is your piece of advice to like young tech founders out there? Um, yeah, for sure. Don't grow too quickly, will kill you. Uh, take hiring series from the start. Um, know the problem that you're solving. <laughs> know your clients and uh, make sure you're not just building a nice to have, but something that sticks. And building on top, like what are your hiring tips? What are my hiring tips? Um, um 
following a consistent process. I think that's one of the most important things. Like stick stick to whatever you decide. Stick to it. Don't don't make exceptions. Stick to it. I guess that's that's the biggest Got it. Important, most important part. Yeah. Is there anything which we didn't cover in this interview and you'd like to share? Um I mean I think that there was a question popping up uh from in the in the oh yeah this platform. Um maybe that's yeah, let's let's address okay. it if you have time. Uh, what engine are you using for the automation furniture layout? So it's not a specific engine we're using. As I said, it's a it's a rule based system. So yeah, there's not a specific specific uh, um, yeah <laughs> out of the box thing we're using. Um, what else? Um, yeah, no, thank thanks for for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, it was indeed like, uh, like very insightful like interview. Like, it could. I'm very impressed by the things you have developed, uh, right from the engine tooling plugins, and it's a lot of dev work. So kudos to you and the whole team for yeah, thanks. building thanks. this consistently. Uh, um, yeah, as you said, kudos to the team. Uh, 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 yeah, really. Uh, uh, yeah, thankful for having such a great team that that provides such great work and and um, yeah, yeah, I'm proud to see such development coming in AC because like, our, like web based products are 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 coming, but like you you are pretty early in this stage, so yeah, we were, yeah. First we were too early. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were sort of like WebGL wasn't running on on iOS versus Riser like or on Safari, yeah, stuff like that. So, you um, learned the hard you know, way. We, that, that's was the part, right? Stick on, <laughs> stick around uh, till till <laughs> your time comes. <laughs> and um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That, as I said, like it was. I'm gonna like test a lot of your uh, IoT integration and dev docs, uh, like documentation. So yeah, please do. I, I'm please gonna give. And, uh, curious to to see what you what you come up with. Awesome. Have a great weekend, Frederick, and thanks a lot for sharing your time with us and yeah, doing all this amazing work. Thanks. Looking forward to what's coming up on your channel. Yeah. See you. Bye-bye.